1: Hey everybody and welcome to the Rangers today baseball podcast. This is episode number 62 and today is a big one for us. Been trying to get him on here for a few weeks. It's going to be Texas Rangers Hall of Famer Michael Young, his special assistant to the GM also. Hey, schedules don't work out sometimes, but Mike's going to join us here in a little bit from Dallas. That's going to be fantastic. Can't wait to talk to him.
2: Yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's 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 inside now, you know. He's he was a player and I remember um
1: now he's at, an inside at, cat, right?
2: But I remember as trade deadlines would approach, when he was playing, he'd be like, "Yeah, we need help. Trade, trade any prospect. You know, <laughs> trade, trade them all." And so now I wonder how how that maybe has changed in his view. But yeah. Um, anyway, he he's a good guy, big sports fan. We might have to get into some TCU USC talk. And oh, um, but Uh-oh. anyway, yeah, we really appreciate him taking the time.
1: Yeah, he's going to join us here in a little bit. Hey guys, before we get going. Hit that subscribe button down there. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. The subscribers has gone up. This thing's starting to make a little money. It's fantastic. <laughs> tell all your Ranger fans about it. Join Rangers today. That's TC, right. let me tell you what. Fort Worth Star-Telegram doesn't even cover the Rangers anymore. That's correct. And this 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 place is all for All you Tarrant County people, this is where you can get your Rangers coverage. It's cheaper than a newspaper. It's cheaper than the Star-Telegram. It is. Or it's a it's cheaper, cheaper. A lot cheaper than that. Five ninety nine a month. You can get a thirty five dollar for the half a month or sixty dollars for a year. But let's get into big league stuff right now. The winter right. meetings start. You're going. Yeah,
2: they. This start, is Thursday, and, by the way. Yeah, they start uh, officially. They start Monday, but everybody gets there Sunday. And uh, uh, they, Rangers
1: today will be there.
2: Where yeah, we'll be there. It's the first one since two thousand nineteen, which incidentally was in San Diego, where this meeting is, and that that was the meetings where the you know where the Rangers were trying to get uh, Anthony Rendon and and uh, remember that. It ended up that, you know, the Angels got him when they went they went the extra year and you know, might have been a blessing in disguise as, as things have played out and then uh I said it back then
1: and I'll <laughs> stick
2: with it. And then right after that the Rangers traded for Corey Kluber in a deal which that was sent a away. great move. Well yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they, they traded away the Shields and uh Emmanuel Clase who's now one of the best closers in baseball. Yeah. So, you know, you, you win some, you lose some. But um you know, they're expected to be players here. You know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, last year, you know, there's a reason that picture's behind us of Chris Young and Corey Seager. Today is December 1st, and it's the one-year anniversary of everybody being signed. Right. Uh, Simeon <laughs> Seager, Cole Calhoun, John Gray. You know, the Rangers spent $561.5 million before on, uh, Before it shut down. Just before the, the, the lockout. Uh, got them all introduced. Uh, signed everything on the dotted line and um you know it it really it stunned a lot of people including me um yeah and and but it has put the rangers kind of back on the the map at least for the off season cuz now when the rangers say they have money to spend
1: people are starting people to people are taking
2: it. them seriously you know and well, you and, look
1: at every rumor that goes around there and the rangers if they're tied to a player there are people that uh-huh. are saying they're they're legit they're going to yeah. they're going to be in it
2: yeah and you know and I mean, some of it is, you know, all all of this really is just throwing stuff on a wall and see what sticks at this point. You know, I don't, I really don't think the Rangers are going to sign Jacob DeGrom. That's just me. Yeah. I think, I think they're a little uh, frightened by the risk uh, because, you know, his recent injury history and he's a little bit older. Um, But anyway, there, there, you know, somebody thinks that the Rangers are going to give DeGrom five years and 200 million. You know, last year, Two years ago, <laughs> there's no way that that people would have thought that Rangers would have spent that kind of money. So, no. so yeah, so and it's and it's you know it's good to be in. Do you in think that.
1: Rodon? Do you
2: think that's uh, it's possible? Yeah, uh, you know I I, I think um, they have a lot of possibilities, but I think they're I think they're only going to sign one big starter. Yeah. So it would be I guess Rodon or, or Degrom. I don't know where where Senga falls into this uh, from Japan. There's rumors
1: around there that he wants to be with someone that he thinks is going to contend right now. Yeah. which that could be the Rangers, but like you said, there's a lot that needs to be fixed.
2: Sure, but um, <coughs> you never know.
1: He's on know. my wish list, but I could also see him going out for. I mean, I, I, it's, it, I'm not disappointed if they get one big name. It's okay if they don't get Senga to go with it. Yeah, I
2: mean, you know, but yeah, and it, it's, but it's, you know, it's a balancing act. You know, how long do you want to tie? tie up rotation spots because you really think that Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker and Owen White and Col Cole Wynn can be major league starters Cody and good ones. Bradford,
1: I mean, you sure. got I mean there's, all, there's a you got huge lot.
2: You know, Ricky Venasco, yeah. Know, you know, who's on the forty man roster. So right. I mean there's there's a long list of guys. Um so it's like I said, it's a juggling act. And they help they help uh, you know, iron out iron out the, the budget. You know, they you got guys who are pitching for eight hundred thousand dollars a year for three years, as a you know, you can help pay off that guy that's making thirty-five million. Absolutely,
1: here's my bold prediction. Necessary. My bold prediction: there is one prospect in this organization that will make his major league debut next year and will end up starting about ten games and do fine. Because you always need extra pitching, yeah. No matter what your rotation is, you have to dip down in the minor leagues and use somebody, and somebody that we haven't seen is going to come up here and do good, and that's going to set up for going into twenty twenty four going. This is the one that looks like he's going to make the rotation. Well, if you That's a prediction of mine.
2: If they sign Jacob deGrom, then yeah, a pitcher is going to be needed for the <laughs> minor leagues. I mean, it's just, you know, hey, let's just let's just And I, and, I, and I was thinking about that. Let's say, okay, let's say they uh, a team signs him for 40 years or for 40 million, sorry. And uh In 5 you
0: know,
2: years? What 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 value do you put on a Jacob deGrom start? How much money is each start worth? Right. If he's only going to make 20 starts, is that worth 2 million a start? Is it worth you know, right. How much is a win worth in your mind financially? And, you know, now if he makes 20 starts, he's probably going to win. The Rangers would probably win. You would think 10 to 14 of them somewhere in there. Right. So how much are those wins worth? And then if you, if you calculate it like that in your mind, then maybe, then maybe the value does make sense. But I just think that um, it's, it's a big risk, but you know, Anyway, there's a lot more at play than just, oh, let's just pay him $40 million. You know, there's a lot, a lot, a lot at play, and I'm sure they've they've covered every possible scenario out there, stuff that you and I would never think of in 100 years. And um, so we'll see. But, yeah, so the winter meetings are coming up. Um, You know, the Rangers signed, I think, came to an agreement with Lance Lynn at the winter meetings. Uh, What was that? The 17 winter meetings, uh, or maybe it was the 18 winter meetings. You know, uh, Mike... uh, Minor. Minor was right before or after that. Kyle Gibson was before the winter meetings in uh, in nineteen. So um, they're they're generally busy at at this point doing doing some little stuff. Like the big stuff the, and the big, but the big stuff can take a while. So we'll we'll see what happens though.
1: I think what what a lot of winter meetings. My understanding mm. is also is where you start the beginnings. If there's some trade out there, you're really in the middle of trying to get it together whether you get it done before the end of the winter meetings or not you've at least got the conversation going sure that follows up right after that I sure. think that a lot has to do with it yeah
2: well I think that's where you know the Kluber trade really came to fruition while the while the teams in the front offices were in San Diego and then it just took them a couple of days to finish it off because it was announced on a Saturday morning we were uh, we were in line uh, at a recycling an electronics recycling uh, place getting ready to get rid of all of our old TVs. And I looked at Twitter and I was like, well, son of a gun, we got to go home. So anyway. um,
1: What about bats? You know, today I saw where Hanager might be tied to the Rangers. Yeah. You know, I predicted on my armchair GM that Joey Gallo, I still think that that's somebody they might take a one-year deal on. Um, He's not going to demand more than that. And um, maybe he doesn't get the 12 I said. I mean, but. But uh, look, that guy's going to sign for one year, I think, to reestablish himself. We'll uh, see what the shift does to him. Uh, sure. Banning the shift could sure. obviously make a big difference there. Anything you're thinking there?
2: Uh, you know, um,
1: Haniger wouldn't be bad. Yeah, I like Hanneker.
2: Sure, you know when he's healthy. He's yeah, he's been hurt. That, yeah, that has hurt a lot. I don't know that he he plays every day now. I don't. I don't know. I mean, he's you know if you if you look at what he's done when he's been healthy in in Seattle, he's a yeah he's a nice he's a nice guy to have in your lineup. Uh, you know, and and I, Joey Gallo definitely wants to come back here. I, you know, that's, I think that's pretty, pretty clear. I don't, you know, he never wanted to leave. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. You know, I I think the Rangers have are probably looking at bigger options or you know or, or you know less risky options. I mean, you know, Joey Gallo's best seasons of his career were with the Rangers, obviously. And right. You know, but his best. What's he thirty point, or thirty one? He's. I don't even think he's he's right around there. I don't even think he's thirty yet. But okay, you know his his best season was uh, what eighteen when he got hurt and didn't finish the season. He batted I guess it was nineteen two fifty three. You know, and they're like, hey, that's a that's an amazing year. Yeah, you know, and and when he got traded by the by the Rangers to the Yankees, he was sitting around two twenty. Yeah, and you know, for Joey Gallo, that was really good. You yeah, know? and and so what does what does
1: he was walking a lot then yeah, too. Yeah, walked which... a lot. You know, he called a walk a single, and so,
2: still strikes out a lot. You know, right. he, he he misses pitches that are in the strike zone. That's the biggest yeah, that, problem. That's with him. the problem. You know, you got to. But I, I think you know, I really think that that he and, and Donnie Ecker and Tim Hires are a good match. Just what what they're trying to implement um, with with, with um, seeing pitches and, and knowing knowing where the ball is going and what to lay off of. Uh, Though chase has never really been a, a big issue for Joey, but I think it would. I think there's a fit there, the shift. You you do talk about the shift changing. You know, are you know, all right. The infielders can't shift, but right. could the left fielder slide over and play where the second baseman's been playing the last five years? You know, maybe right. may, maybe that happens. I don't know, but uh, and you know that would affect Corey Seager too. But um, you would have to think there'd be some more hits in there for for both of those guys. So,
1: well, if that's the case, I mean, if you think about, it, let's say the left fielder comes over right. and plays, and you don't have any left field over there. You talk about taking it the other way. It's okay to pop up down that line when there's no one over there to. And Gallo does
2: hit a lot of pop ups to left field. So,
1: anyway, um, one thing about Gallo though that 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 uh, I like is he doesn't come here as a just a home run guy. He plays defense. He's got a cannon of an arm. He is good out there in the field. That's a good defender in the outfield that can knock it. Who's probably going to hit thirty home runs.
2: Yeah, and you know people like him. He's comfortable here. You 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 know what you're getting with him. Right. So I I don't know I mean, that kind of there's risk, but that takes away a lot of the risk. Well, he so, could be
1: assigning along with the big bat. He could be a cheaper like get him and get another guy that that's more what you're really trying to go yeah, after. Yeah,
2: and I and I don't I don't you know I don't know that that there there's been so much focus on the on the pitching. Yeah, that you just you just don't have a feel for for it, and you know and you have you have Seager, you have Lowe. Do you want a left handed hitter? Do you, you know? Do you do you want to? Uh, you have your Simeon Garver, Young. Do you want to? Do you want uh, Garcia? Do, yeah. you, do you want a right-handed, another right-handed bat? So there's a lot of things with lineup construction you gotta gotta think about. So anyway, and one other thing that happens in the winter meetings, or right right at the start, is the uh, results of the Veterans Committee will for be for the Hall of Fame. I was about to the talk Hall of about Fame, it. yeah. The, TR and Tr
1: got something coming up.
2: Yeah, the the memoir that's going to be out today. Um, Anyway, I, I can't remember what it's called now. It's called like the today's era player committee or something. But basically it's the veterans committee with and 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 on the on the list is is former Ranger uh Rafael Palmero who everybody knows his numbers. I mean, 500 and something home runs, 3000 and something hits. I mean, he's guys with those numbers just
1: get to the hall. Go to the hall. hall of Fame. Except when you sit in a in a Congressional hearing and point at him and go, I did not take steroids and then test positive a couple months later. Right, right. And so you that's, know, that's that's. <laughs> I think if he would have just kept his mouth shut, maybe this whole thing would go away.
2: Maybe, but um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I just the the guys who have, um, <clears throat> who have tested positive since MLB started enforcing this. It's it's just they can't over. And nope. and you know I you know the, I I got my Hall of Fame ballot in the mail the other day, you know I'm not going to vote for Alex Rodriguez or, or Manny Ramirez just because they got popped, after it was illegal. And yeah, you know, and, and and I'm a big you know I, and people say oh you're a hypocrite because you voted for Bonds and Clemens, you know they never they never failed the test. Nope. And, and MLB was complicit in the rise of the steroid era because <sighs> they never did anything to enforce it. Their and, names what and they Clinton's made a they made up. a ton of money on these people. So right. um I I just. Now, but now that they're enforcing it, okay, that's different. But before, I, I vote, for, I voted for those guys, and, well, and they're, you know, they're, Clemens yeah. came
1: up on the Mitchell report, was that right? Yeah, yeah. well, and, and that's the, where he's yeah, all tied and, into yeah, it. Cause yeah,
2: he, yeah, yeah, and the you know the Balco thing with with bonds and yeah, uh, I think with Clemens it was the ex trainer who right and his stuff. wife
1: was getting into steroids or something like yeah. that. Well, yeah. that's
2: fine, but um. Yeah. So she anyway, went, she went so anyway, third in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, Palmaro's not the only flawed one on the ballot. Clemens is on there. Bonds is on there. Uh, you know, you have Albert Bell, who had a nice career, but is a total, total jerk to everybody. Uh, yeah. yeah. Fred McGriff is, seems to be the 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 favorite right now. You have to get seventy five percent of the sixteen member ballot, so that or committee. So that's twelve. You have to be first on twelve. Um, so yeah. So looks like McGriff you know I'm a big Dale Murphy fan yeah I like Don Mattingly you know those, those guys uh, for stretches were the best hitters and you know you could argue that Dale Murphy was the best player in the National League for five or six years yeah uh, and then had a really dramatic drop off so um, but yeah it'll be interesting to see and I, but I I don't think that that Palmero is going to make it and you know it's 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 a shame but
1: you did know, you ever deal with him
2: no, I did not. You came uh, after he was already. 2008s yeah,
1: yeah. when you first started on the. Beat, yeah, that right? was my
2: first season, and you know, by <clears throat> by then he was already uh, kind of banished. And, and
1: yeah, you know, he started he was with the, the Oreos, but before the, he the went.
2: Rangers have started to bring him back. He's he's made some appearances at games and alumni stuff, but um, you know, maybe he can make the Rangers Hall of Fame someday. I, sure, I don't know, but um, it's uh, it's going to be a tough tough road for him this weekend. I think.
1: And we had the one-year anniversary there. Uh, yeah. Winter meetings. You'll you'll be there Sunday. Yeah, you're heading yeah, out, yeah. which means we'll have coverage from there. Maybe you can get Boris. I mean, he'll usually hold court. He
2: he does hold court uh, Wednesday <laughs> or Thursday. It'll be Wednesday probably. I mean, it's a it's a scene. It's it's embarrassing. There's so many so many reporters around him, and uh, you know it's it's hard to get your question in there and get your microphone in there uh, unless unless you position yourself well. But then once you ask your question and you're done, you got to stay there for the whole thing because you're trapped. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, but, but (laughs) enough, enough people are there and they transcribe the whole thing and it eventually will be disseminated to everybody. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's a show, but the, yeah, the winter meetings kind of a beat down, you know, long hours, lots, lots of time on your feet, lots of time wondering what the hell's going on. But, uh it's it's a place that that reporters have to be really i mean it's it's the it's the marquee event well the beat
1: riders you're a beat rider beat riders need to be there and it's just uh i'm glad rangers today guys i'm telling you we're covering it all yeah and it's going to be there you know what let's get to anything else we're going to get to michael
2: yeah let's do that
1: all right let's get michael young in here right after this guys right now from dallas at his house is texas rangers hall of famer and he was the captain of the teams that went to the world series and he's a special assistant to the general manager right now it's michael young mike thanks so much for joining us man what's
0: up guys thanks for having me appreciate it
1: yeah
2: now I, I, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later but michael is from uh, the los angeles area uh, he's he's wearing a USC football shirt right now. He's got his colors on. Uh, this is this is this is Roxo Media House, which is home to Frogs today. Uh, I went to TCU. Uh, we got a TCU helmet on the table now. So um, anyway, we'll get into that in a little bit. But hey, right right now we're both sitting pretty. All right, all we got to hey. do is take care of business this weekend, and, and we will. But,
0: TCU is totally looking pretty right now. I think they're, they they got to be you if they lose, right?
2: You would think. I mean, I think the three twelve and O teams belong. You know they they went through their their season perf you know didn't lose obviously and now they're having to play a bonus game and yep. the bonus game shouldn't hurt you while serving somebody else who didn't even qualify for those games that's my opinion that's been my opinion for a long time yeah, exactly. um, and I, I just I just think it'd be a travesty but you know, those brands those Ohio states and Alabama's out there are probably looking pretty good to that committee. So yeah, we'll they, see. they always do. We'll see. Right. All right, all right. The other business at hand. Uh, what, why haven't the Rangers signed anybody, Michael? What's going on here? Uh-oh. Um. You know, I don't know. I think
0: it is uh, to all this stuff. When you get into free agency, it gets a little dicey as far as kind of making sure that you're looking at the market. Market properly trying to see where the best fits are uh, obviously for us the first sort of business was hiring your manager and completing our, our coaching staff and filling that out which we've done and now we turn our attention to to the market and you know it's one thing to go out there and target free agents uh, which obviously a lot of teams are doing right now but it's another to also kind of go out there and try and survey the trade market too so I know all the folks who are working uh, really hard in our front office have their hand in pretty much all that stuff right now and are just kind of waiting to see proper fits and, and they'll be aggressive when I see it.
2: How, how involved are you? Are you at the ballpark a couple days a week? Does it, does it depend on, on the timing? You know, if something is close, they call you in. What, yeah, what is I mean, your for schedule? Me,
0: for me right now, I mean, going to the ballpark isn't as important as just making sure that I'm in constant communication with, uh, with CY and uh, with the rest of the guys. Um, but they're the ones who are in there and it's always been this case. You know, I am, uh as as special assistant it is part-time i've seen the way the way the guys go full-time and it is it's insane i got a ton of respect for what they do for how hard they work for the the way they communicate as a team and um I, again i'm I'm really happy to be a small part of it but um i give all of the, all those guys the credit that they deserve me it's, it's a really hard-working group
2: and you don't want to be a, a full-time guy no
0: <laughs> no. Um the work the work sounds great. The the, the work sounds great. And I've said this forever. It, it's just kind of like rinse and repeat with me. You can just uh probably find this and hit record. Um I love the concept of the work, whether it's uh, in a front office or even in a dugout. Um but the time is something that I haven't just been been willing to do. Um, you know, people have asked me, huh, hey, when your kids get older are you gonna want to uh, you know, jump in a little bit more and it's been exactly the opposite of what i said. You know, I kind of said, oh, maybe, you know, at that point when my kids get a little older, I'll maybe want to jump in, but it hasn't been that way at all. I mean, I think as my kids get even older and they're in, and they're in college, I'm going to want to go visit them. I'm going to want to go yeah. travel on my own. So I just don't, I don't see myself ever hopping in full time. I just don't see it.
2: Well, the, the one thing I've learned about kids is as they get older, they get busier. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's... We, I, guess, I guess we weren't really prepared for it, and um, me and my wife, because my, my son is, is playing baseball for a, I don't want to say a select team, but a, a tournament team, and uh, he plays basketball. The turn, for two, those,
0: those tournaments aren't very long, are they?
2: Jesus. <laughs> we, our last tournament this year, Michael, was a one-day tournament, and uh, the first game was at 930, and they – Ended up playing five games and went all the way to the championship game. Oh we didn't. Gosh. We didn't leave until, and this is on a Sunday until after eleven. I mean, it was ridiculous. And and but the tournament, they're just a grind in the downtime. Good God,
0: it's terrible. crazy. I mean, it's it's yeah. I mean, we're probably getting off topic a little here and now, but I mean, that's fine. <laughs> major leaguers don't like playing doubleheaders.
1: Yeah,
2: like
0: major leaguers don't like playing two games in one day. And you're asking young kids to crank out, If they get on championship Sundays, and they you go until you lose. You can crank out four or five. Games in one day, yeah. No, it was, it's a mystery yeah. when kids burn out.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wasn't that way when I played. I mean, you just exactly. played your wreck ball, no. and, uh, and you know, you played I about. Walked 30. In the
0: field. I I walked in the field, dragged my shit with me, and I played a game at noon on a Saturday. I went home.
2: I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a couple you, a week, man. and it's uh, you know we're uh, we're we're doing some tryouts right now. And, man, it it is the tryouts aren't stressful, but it's like, what do you do? And it's unnecessary stress. I I really – we were not braced for this at all. And, uh, you know, we want our son, first of all, to have fun. We want him to be able to – That's the main thing. It's got to be fun. We want him to develop. And uh, so we're just – it's like a constant, like, are we doing the right thing for him? And, I mean, you have three boys. I I don't know if they all play baseball, but, you know – my God, and and then like our daughter plays on a on a really good soccer team, and it, it's just it's nuts. I, I you're an Uber driver. I, I wish, wish we, we could. I wish we could go back thirty years because it would be a lot better.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah, it's, it is. It is crazy. I mean, they do. Um, I do. I will say the kids are better at this age than they were around when I grew up. Um, yeah. my son's better than me at the same age, and um, I have three boys. My oldest is a junior in high school, and he. He, I mean, like, let come back to the earlier points, when the kids get older, you get even busier. I mean, you know, he's out of, you know, the young kid stuff. He drives himself everywhere, hangs out with his friends. They drive, they go out at night. You know, now it's real stuff, right? Junior, senior, and high school stuff. Where are you going? Who are you with? What's yeah. there? Uh, you know, I go home. He goes out, but I'm home. I don't, I mean, man, I'm there every <laughs> weekend night, so I want to go to bed early, but I can't go to bed. And so I know he's home. Yeah. I don't know, you know, we're in constant communication. What he's doing, um, but if you know something happens, something goes haywire. I got to be in my car to go get him. So right. I mean, it's, uh, it's nonstop. It doesn't it doesn't end at uh, at tournament baseball. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you on that one.
1: Well, see what? your kid, your kids are young. Yeah, mine are the age of his boys, and I've got one twenty four. You're exactly right, Mike. I mean, they don't understand why is there a curfew. It's because I want to go to bed, <laughs> but I'm not going to sleep until you're in the house.
2: Right. So yeah. you're exactly right. Well, and yeah. I I tell you what though, Michael. Michael, one thing you told me, I remember this. Um, when my son, my son first started playing baseball or T ball, is like <clears throat> you said, you don't talk to him in the car about the game, good or bad. You just you just drive home and and let everything cool off. Maybe a cooling off period, and you can talk about him. But I you know I don't jump my t- son's shit. I I just I just can't do that. But. <laughs> But yeah, it's no. a great. It's a great tip. It's a great tip. It
0: works, uh, and they start getting older. And you know, my son, who uh, my oldest is seventeen, he's on a swim team in high school. He doesn't play baseball, um, but my my thirteen year old does. He's he's serious about it. Uh, we're at a point now where we can talk a little bit more. But I usually try and uh, you know, for the longest time, it was what you and I talked about: as long as they're in uniform, no talking about baseball after the game. Like you got to let them. The, the ride home can suck for a lot of kids and I wasn't gonna do that to my kid. Yeah. So um it became all right, what when we started talking about baseball games afterwards, all right, what went well? What went well out there? Even if, you know, I you know, in baseball it's one of those games, man. Even if you have a good game, there's probably a couple a couple two or three things that you did shitty. Just because it's such a tough sport. Right. Yeah, so like even if you go three for four, there a couple of things went south, you know? But so it's like, all right, what went well? And then we go over what he did well. All right. Well, base running, defense, you know, a couple of at bats. Great. Whatever. And then I kind of just sit there and he usually goes, Man, I had that one at bat because he switched it or when I one that bat right handed. I wish I, okay, boom, there's my green light. All right. Well, <laughs> what happened? Did you expand the zone? Like, like he usually kind of initiates it now, like things that he wants to talk about. So, you know, he's at a point now where we can really talk about game and chop it up the way I like to, right? Which is, you know, where we know that having fun and being a good teammate is important, but now we can get into the finer points of the game, which is something yeah. that I've been kind of dying to, to hop into for a long time. And um, I'm starting to kind of – he's starting to see uh, all that stuff kind of pay off when he
2: plays now. And another thing, how when did bats get to be four dollars and $500? Oh, my
1: God. What? Yeah.
2: What's up with that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, that's – a scam, dude. The whole thing <laughs> – yeah. so bad. And then like and then how about this? Like they have kids convinced now. Like when I was a kid, you you bought a metal bat and you use it until so that bat didn't fit you anymore, right? Then you hand it yeah. to your younger cousin or your little brother and he used it.
1: exactly <laughs> You so cast nowadays, them down.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just hand me down, right? Like clothes, right? You just hand them down to your, your closest relative. But nowadays they have these kids convinced that like these metal bats have like a shelf life, right? They only have like so a, a certain amount of barrel shots and then they're no good anymore you gotta throw them in the trash and buy a new one it's a total jib so anyway <laughs> um yeah i i, I pass all my all the bats down to the kid to his to to the younger brother my aunt my, antonio my youngest son but emilio still says he goes i don't know i'm not sure anymore you know barrels i got in this thing i'm like shut up and just hit I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of barrel shots in there just hit like and plus he's growing like crazy so like. You're not gonna be using that bat for much longer anyway, but yeah. I don't know, man. The whole thing is super, super sketchy.
1: Well, if you're hitting it that well with a bat that doesn't have many more barrels in it, wait till I get you the bat that has the barrels in it. Exactly. So you need to keep yeah, hitting gotcha.
0: with this one. Yeah, I, so he starts playing wood bats all the time, and then we'll see.
2: Yeah. I, I assume I assume based on this conversation that Ian Kinsler is not knocking down your door to, to the, be be a spokesperson for War Stick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I mean, he's, uh, i think think—for they're, they're actually doing pretty, really, really well right now, man. I mean, yeah, uh, and Kim's working too. He works at it. Uh, I think the biggest thing that I'm excited about is they just came out for pickleball gear. So, nice. like, yeah, all like and Warsec has all the cool designs and the colors and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, I'm—I'm gonna—I'm gonna, you know, pull my old man hobby and get all over him for pickleball gear because that's probably my next my next uh, venture. Interesting.
2: Yeah, the uh, my my son actually has a a, a war stick bat and um, yeah, it's good and uh, pickleball. That's where my wife's 40th birthday party was at Chicken and Pickle in Grand Prairie. They're not yeah, they're not right. a sponsor, but they need to be, and they have great chicken strips. But
1: <laughs> my wife wants to do that. They, you
2: know, they, Michael, they played a ton. They play a ton of pickleball and have for years in Surprise, and uh, you know, so it's finally catching on. It's finally the rage.
1: That's something I can do as a fat dude. I mean, that's something I could get me back. I'm starting to work out now and get back in shape. But pickleballs look like something I can't run a baseline for. You know, for tennis anymore. I'm gonna have to play some pickleball. Wait. So,
2: uh, the not to go back to baseball, but one, one th- another another thing. you re- to another <laughs> thing. I remember from the past is that uh, you, <clears throat> you as a major league baseball player in a on a competitive team that was in contention you were always very willing for the front office to trade away prospects. I, I wonder, Michael, has that changed with with how you see the organization now and, and and your role?
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um as a player, you you one thing that especially when you get on into like the middle sweet spot of your career, you do have a level, level of awareness on how long it's gonna last, right? um you know that this is only gonna happen these windows only pop up you know for so long um it doesn't matter who you are you can be a, a monster market you know the chicago cubs are, are grinding to kind of reopen their window again it's not easy to have that thing pried open all the time and when you're there you recognize how special it is so i remember you know field answers from you guys about prospects i'm like ship them all out man i did not <laughs> care <laughs> You know, and again, that's that's the luxury you have of being a player, right? You, you, and as a, as if you're a front office member, you kind of appreciate the fact that a player's got blinders on and he's like, all, right, all I think about all I care about is what's on the field tonight. That, that's all I care about. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're in the front office, you don't really have that luxury, right? It's like one eye on the present, which means a lot, and the one eye on the future, which also means a lot. Um, but I think it also depends on making sure you have a, a solid amount of uh, um, of judgment of sound judgment in order to kind of make that determination of when is go time and when is it. Um, so I think and again, and everyone is case, uh, case specific, right? Depends on who the prospects are, depends on what the team is, depends on what the fit is. Uh, but once you establish if it's a, a really good fit for the team, yeah, I mean, I think, I think every team, when they see their window starting to open is willing to kind of do what's necessary to, to keep it open, uh, and to try and win now. Uh, but again, they're all, they're all, they're all case specific.
2: Yeah. So what, what is your evaluation of the farm system? I mean, this is, <clears throat> from our from our vantage point, and we've had a lot of the guys on, a lot of the top prospects on this show, I mean, it's deep. I mean, I I, I don't remember it being this deep. And I, and I know 9 and 10 and 11 might have been the last time it was Super like deep. this. Super deep and it's, talented,
0: isn't it? Yeah. Of, yeah, I think if you're...
2: Uh, hang on, Michael, you're breaking up a little bit. Hang
0: on. Hey, some the right. Ranger fans
2: a way to
0: make the fans kind of like chill on what's happening at the big league level, if that makes sense, right? All right. We're losing at the big league level, but damn, our farm system is sweet. And after a while, the fans are kind of like, all right, great, great, great. I think the, the unique part about where we are now is that all of our prospects are right around the corner. They're not like down in rookie ball or low away ball. They're, they're basic. They were like a lot of them have been in Frisco and are headed to round rock or have already been in round rock. So when you get guys that are that close, and they start having success in double A, you can now start getting really excited about them. They're right there. You have success in double A. You're ready for a big league opportunity. And we have guys who have had success there. So, you know, then you talk about the guys that we have that we know are talented and now starting to kind of like scratch the surface on what they can do. And that's a really fun part of development. Uh, again, you have talked about the depth, but it's also high end talent, too. Yeah, I think that this is the year where we see not only like our pe last year you started to see it where our guys started having some success along with their ability. And I think in twenty two thousand twenty three is where you're gonna see kind of that perfect store pump where you have all, all that depth, all that ability, and you're combined with production, and that's when that's when farm systems really explode.
2: Yeah, you know, it it's it seems like it's a tough situation that Chris and and, and the front office find themselves in because of what you just said there, the prospects are right there, but I, you know, you got, you gotta, you gotta start winning, you know, the six straight losing seasons. So there, and we were talking about this in our first, I mean, there's a big juggling act here, you know, like how long do you want to lock up a pitcher, Uh, you know, a free agent pitcher, because you know how you need, you need these young guys to help balance the budget for one, but they're, they've got a chance to, you know, I guess the dream is the, the late 90, early 2000 Oakland A's. Where you can pull a Mulder, Hudson, and Zito out of your your farm system, Uh, but it just so so. How much of that is in the thought process right now?
0: Yeah, I think I think right now, I think um, I think actually they're kind of independent, right? Like we want to make either way, we have got to make sure this next wave. Uh, pitchers not even pitchers but even the, uh, the position players. now we're we're super active in the trade market or the free agent market um or not uh we've got to make sure this this next wave of players comes up and contributes to the team uh, that's going to give us an opportunity to do everything like you said you want to make sure that you're for so many reasons it's important to get young players to contribute i think the fan base can identify with them right away they become like fan favorites they they get fans excited about coming to the game of course it balances out your budget and you get guys who are playing at the minimum and they uh, are productive members of your team that's massive for any team um so yeah for all those reasons that's really really important but I mean we're we are making sure that uh those guys are going to get an opportunity when they're ready they come and get an opportunity but I think the beauty of like what CY has stressed all these guys is this is a now you're you saw what we did last year with our middle infield. uh you know every rumor out there has us involved in every big picture that that's there we yeah. want to make sure that our young players know, young players and pitchers know that you're, if you play well and you work hard and you kind of check all the boxes that we ask you to check, you're going to get an opportunity here. Uh, but no red carpet's rolled out. And that's the way it should be. It's competition. It's this is sports. This is nothing given, everything earned. And that's exactly the way it should be. And that way, when you get when you do get that opportunity and you do succeed, you're already a little hardened up. You're already hardened up. You've already had to kind of earn your opportunity. And when you start doing that to players, that's when you find players who are ready to perform in postseason games. And and so it's really, really just uh, uh, another step in development. Really, even though they're not in the minor leagues anymore, you still kind of develop a mentality that helps them succeed when when all the pressure's on.
1: Sure.
2: Um, What what, what's your take on 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 Josh Young?
0: Josh can flat out hit. Um, I think he's um, one. He's really smart. He's a smart kid. Uh, And two, he takes a ton of he has a ton of pride in what kind of hitter he wants to be. Uh, when we first got him, it was, I mean, everything we've heard when we first got him was he was more of a well-rounded hitter, right? He uses the whole field. We've got to work on pull power. That was the biggest thing that we heard at the time. Well, now look what Josh does, right? You leave him something up in the zone, and it gets smoked to left field in the air. So he's already kind of made these adjustments before he's even got to the major leagues, right? And then they always say, you know, I find it to be true that with, with good polished hitters, power is the last thing to develop you know, they start getting that knack for catching a breaking ball out front and getting a little bit of backspin and hitting it instead of trying to mash a 480-foot homer, 340-foot homer, you're still jogging around the bases. And you just kind of learn that skill of getting the ball in the air and just let the backspin over the fence a little bit. And, you know, I think Josh is going to get there. Uh, he's he's already showing these – he's crushed the minor leagues, right? He's absolutely neutral-play pitching. Again, that speaks to our earlier point, uh, everything he earned. So he's earned his opportunity So he's he's got a chance to be a really special hitter um, and and fit right in the middle of our lineup for years to come.
2: Well, I I could keep you forever, but uh, John's over here chomping at the bit, wanting to ask fun stuff. So (laughs) this is the you know I
1: I I come at this when, when look I I grew up a Texas Ranger fan, so when you were playing in the World Series, my wife and I had season tickets sitting up in the stands, so we were right there with you, and I know it was exciting. It was exciting for us. So I know what fans like to hear and what they want to talk about. So you're from La Puente, California, right? You went to Bishop, what was it? Bishop Amat Memorial? There you go. All right. All right I got that right. Did you play any other sports in high school?
0: No, I um, I played just baseball. So I played all sports growing up. And the second I got to high school, it was baseball.
1: Just baseball. And now we had uh, Woody on here. You guys played against each other or were neighbors. Is that right?
0: Yeah, we grew up together. Um, You know we all went to all the same i went to public schools all the way through eighth grade he and i went to the same schools uh, in in middle school and junior high school we went to the same school uh las palmas junior high school uh we sat in sat next to each other in all of our classes played (laughs) basketball recess, all the fun stuff and then he went to our uh the next uh northview high school was the public school that we would have went to my folks sent me to bishop mott catholic school was kind of like the sports powerhouse uh in our area and I went there. So it became just a massive, uh, all my buddies who went to Northview. I, I went to Bishop Mott, didn't really know anybody. Um, and, uh, I was always kind of following Northview baseball, but we never got a chance to play each other in my four years. <laughs> um, right. and Woody and I always talked about it. We would have totally smashed them, smashed them. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been nice to have gotten that chance. I mean, we were the number one team in the state my junior and senior year. So it would have been, it would have been on at that point.
1: Well, so I know that, so you ended up going to UC Santa Barbara, So, but coming out of high school, you were drafted out of high school. So did you have any other opportunities, any other schools that looked at you? No, one,
0: one, one offer, uh, UCSB. Um, You know, it was, SC was my dream school. Um, That was the one I really wanted to go to. SC or UCLA, they were the two big schools around where I was from. And um, I was getting a little, some calls from both my, uh, in high school and, they started to kind of cool down a little bit, uh, which is a little heartbreaking. Um, but UCSB was consistent, so I had one offer and jumped all over it. Um, if they had a football team, I'd be wearing their shirt right now. <laughs> it's kind of hard to—it's kind of hard to field a football team with a campus full of guys in flip flops and board shorts. So,
2: but they have good basketball. Yeah, yeah, they do. They
0: do. It's fun. It's a, it's a fun place to watch a basketball game for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really cool place. They, their baseball program has really taken
1: off. Yeah. This is a fun one to ask, too, because you got drafted twice. You got drafted in the 25th round by the Orioles out of high school, 1994. But then in 97, you were a fifth-round pick. I love asking this question. On each one of them, how did you find out you'd been drafted? I mean, it wasn't like today where you go sit in New York. How? Where were you, and how would you find out you'd gotten drafted?
0: Uh, the first time I was in high school, so I was just kind of hanging out at home. No big deal. And I, at, once the first day passed, remember in those days, it was unlimited rounds. So right. the first day passed, and that and at that point, I had a scholarship in hand, so I wasn't going to sign. Uh, the organs called me in day two, um, said thank you, and it was, it was an honor, but I knew it wasn't going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. and then my, my junior year at UCSB, I knew I was going to sign. So I just taken a final um went to uh, went back to my apartment to take a nap my roommate woke me up in the phone rang. and it was billy moore and scout from the blue jays and um you know told me i got drafted i was super excited um it really is a special moment when uh, i can imagine how every sport uh, when you find out you're you're that step one of your lifelong goal is finally here you can sign and next within days you're on a plane it, it's it's the best feeling in the world
2: <laughs>
1: Now now the trade. So you're traded for Esteban Loiza. that whole deal comes down, you come to the Rangers. How did you find out you'd been traded?
0: Yeah, so we knew um we were right at the trade deadline and as a minor league player when you're um when you're a prospect and you, the, the trade deadline comes, you you could happen, right? You never know. So right. um you know, we were in we were in Greenville, South Carolina. I was in double A at the time and um our manager Rocket Wheeler, my my, uh, my cell phone rings and he's like, Hey, I need to see you in my, in my hotel room. All right. So, um, right away, I'm like, this is no good. Um, <laughs> either I got traded, either I got traded or he's a creep. Either way, this is no good. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I, uh, sure enough, I go over there and he tells me he kind of, he's already, cause I had him for three years as a manager at this point. Yeah. Right? And in my, he's, he go through a lot together. You know, it's a ton of extra work. Um, you know, a ton of games played, a ton of development, a ton of bus trips. It's a lot of time to kind of bond. So he he had some tears in his eyes, and he said, "You just got traded to to Texas," and I was bummed at the start at that point, right? Because all I knew was the Blue Jays at that point, and I was looking again. I was in Double A. I was having some success, and it was it was close. um But I kind of got over it pretty quickly um because you know it's during the season trade, so you don't have any time to think about. It. Next thing you know, I'm. I'm in Tulsa next yeah. day in Tulsa and I'm playing that night. And, um, it's it, again, it's one of those cool, cool things where baseball becomes your sanctuary. Like the second seven o'clock rolls around, it's like, I'll worry about my, my luggage and where I'm going to stay and the fact that I don't have a car out here. I'll worry about all that stuff after the game. But so it worked out fine. And, you know, within at the end of that year, I was in the big leagues with the Rangers. So yeah. it really, really worked out well. What
1: well, September 29th, 2000. That's your major league debut. This is, I mean, as a guy that played baseball in high school, was never good enough to go beyond that, this would be a dream of mine. How did you find out you were going to the big leagues?
0: Yeah, I was uh, all packed up. I was getting ready to go to the Arizona Fall League. Um, I had my truck packed up. I was in – I was actually at my sister's high school volleyball game, and I got a call from uh, Reed Nichols, who was our farm director at the time, and he said, hey, you're going to go um, – you know, you you're going to show up to the Fall League late. Um, you're going up to Seattle. Uh, we just got an injury. Uh, you're going to finish out last week, the big team. So I was like, sweet. You know, I uh, didn't know how much I'd play. Um, you know, as it turns out, I, I watched a lot, didn't really play too much. Um, got a couple of bats, didn't get any hits. And, uh, but it was, I think that one week, and it's, you know, you got to take it for what it's worth. And at that point, that's all I had to go on. And the positives for me were that time I rolled to what ended up being my rookie year the following spring. I kind of knew how a big, big environment kind of functions, right? What time did they get there? what they eat, what it looks like after a win, after a loss in the clubhouse, uh, when you got to go get your early work in, all those kind of like little things that you usually have to kind of work out in the fly. I was ready for it by the time I got to camp the following year. So uh, that ended up being a really, really big thing for me. Small so, on the grand scheme of things, but it was good at the time.
2: Was 2000 the first year of Safeco or the last season of the Kingdom?
0: No, it was, I think 99 was the first. Um, okay. Because, so I don't,
2: yeah,
1: I do well, So is it Safeco. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I I can probably guess what this is, but you played on the World Series teams. But what is your greatest memory as a Ranger player? Is it game six? Is it, you know, what was it going to, I mean, game six against the Yankees? What's your greatest memory as a Ranger?
0: Um, I think um that one is easy to go to because I think that was, I think for fans it's definitely game six against the Yankees. Um, I think for me it was probably the, the game six of following year. Um, because game six against the Yankees, everything kind of happened really fast, right? It was, right. We, we knew we had a good year and all that fun momentum built up throughout the course of the year. We trade for Cliff Lee. Cliff was really great. We're steamrolling through the playoffs. Uh, we go into New York and we really, really take it to them. We win two out of three in New York and we come back home and we know we're going to, we're going to win the thing at home. And that felt great, right? But we're still kind of on this, just this roller coaster of emotion, like trying to make sure that we're, taking in all of the fun and the atmosphere of the, of the city of the area and trying to make sure that we stay focused on the field in order to kind of, you know, capitalize on opportunity. But the following year, 2011, I, I just think it was a bunch of guys really who had, it was the perfect storm of the season. It was a bunch of really, really good players who had career years. Um, we ran through the whole league and we played, we got to play Detroit in, the ALCS of that year, um, it was a, kind of a similar situation. They were a loaded team. I mean, they're they're pitching Verlander, yeah. yeah. Scherzer, Miguel Cabrera's at, in peak form. They were really, really good. And um sure enough, man, we end up coming back home. We're up three two, very similar to the year before, up three two with a chance to clinch it at home. And we're in our advanced scouting meeting and we're facing Scherzer that night. And um we knew that if we if we lost that game they would throw uh, either Doug Fister or Ricky Porcello in game seven, who they're both really good with. Verlander probably coming out of the pen. Okay. So we knew that let's handle business right here. So we're going through the scouting report. We're talking about Scherzer. Our hitting coaches are saying their piece, and we just stopped the meeting. And I remember we're facing, again, we're facing Max Scherzer. and We're like, let's just beat the hell out of this team tonight. No messing <laughs> around. I don't care what the scouting report says we haven't we've been playing a lot of tight games that whole series was a bunch of tight games extra inning games uh, you know a hit here and there can decide it and we said we haven't smoked anybody in a while like we are due for a beatdown. <laughs> so tonight we'll get it how about that we'll get it tonight and sure enough i think we beat them by, by 10. um yeah. and that oh, was yeah. kind of what that team was capable of it was just let's let's kind of like put our let's stay focused on one thing and let's just go get it and that was a fun. That was a fun game. It really was. Kind of to me, kind of like show what that team was all about.
2: Yeah, I, I think the the thing about that game that's forgotten you just brought up is Max Scherzer started that game. I yeah, mean, he, he wasn't Max Scherzer right now, but he was Max Scherzer. Yeah, he was. I, yeah. I think I think you guys scored nine, right? Nine in the third or nine in the fourth. Yeah, we did.
0: We knocked him out third. We knocked. They brought in Porcello. We knocked out Porcello. We did. I mean, it was. And Scherzer wasn't the same guy he right. ended up being in say, DC, but stuff wise, he was. Yeah, stuff-wise, still what he was at the time. It was just a matter of like maybe the the command didn't end up being what it was down the road, but it was still a handful of that bat. It was very clear that what that guy had had in the tank as far as what he could accomplish in his career. He was he was a he was a handful of that bat.
2: Yeah, I I remember that series. Uh, and like Miguel Cabrera, you could not get a ball past him. Yeah. You could you could throw it a foot outside and he would hit it. It was it was yeah. unbe- it was just unbelievable He's, and then the, like the next year he won the triple crown yeah but he was good god. i just remember and i remember how much wash revered him and mm-hmm. talked about him and god, god bless wash
1: yeah <laughs> I, I got two more for you so i'm gonna let you get out of here one this is the game i play with all the hitters it's called the home run game you're going to talk about three home runs you've hit in your life first one's real easy to always do and sometimes your second one you have one or two of them. First one is your first home run you ever hit over a fence how old were you and do you remember where you were
0: yeah i was uh 12. i was playing at community national it was a first pitch fastball matt miller <laughs> matt miller what? i ended up hitting, i hit when i was 12. i think i hit done the i've i have an elephant memory when it comes to this stuff do i'll be here all day long um it <laughs> was uh we played uh, i think a tw- we i played for the padres uh we we won the, the league that year we won the city championship that year. And I hit like I think seven homers in like a twenty game schedule, and three of them were off Matt Miller. That was just the first one.
1: Oh wow! Okay, the second one, most exciting. Now it could have been whether it was college, minor leagues, major leagues, maybe a walk off or tie up a game or anything like that. What if you have a couple of them? That's okay. What's the most exciting home run you remember hitting? Um,
0: oh, Uh, exciting. You, you would think to be big league games. I remember when I was in college, we were playing uh, it was my junior year in Um, we were playing at Wichita state and, um, the guy I was facing, I had a little bit of a back and forth with. I had facing that summer in Alaska and, um, I sure enough, I hit a homer, my first at bat. And at at this point of my junior year, the drafts right around the corner, I'm kind of starting to smell all this stuff. Like it's starting to really become, become real in my head. Yeah. Uh, And it was like, kind of like college baseball back in the day, right? There's no TVs out there. So one home run means like stuff's about to happen. Sure enough, I get two balls whizzed up my head the next at bat. And then the uh, third pitch uh, hit it off a scoreboard. And I think it was the one homer that I pimped in my entire life. I mean, it was, <laughs> I don't think I ever, I mean, you got, I never, ever did it in a homer. It's hit it, get my head down, get it around the bases. But I had fun with that one, man. There was a lot of people in Wichita, Kansas who didn't like me after that game. That was a fun, fun game. Um, <laughs> Two balls by the dome. Yeah, I had some fun hitting that one.
1: Okay, last one. The bomb, the one that the moment it hit your barrel, you knew it was gone. Um, who was it against, and how far do you think it went?
0: Oof. Um, that's a good one. Um, probably the that's a really good one. Uh, one thing that sticks. I think it was two thousand nine. One that sticks out. We were facing Detroit, um, and I hit. It, I think at our at our park, um. Yeah, it was – I felt zero, super, super locked in at this point in the season. And I think it was Ryan Perry, a uh, kid who came out from Detroit, throwing really, really hard. So, you know, he just doing all the hard work, right? You just got to put barrel on it. Yeah, yeah he won, yeah. like, left, left center. And it kind of just really, really – hit, clicked it perfectly. I don't know how far it went, um, but it was it was one of those ones that right at contact, it was – I'm going to get around the bases. But I kind of want to watch where this thing ends up a little bit because that was <laughs> – <those were> the- <laughs>
1: that's a good feeling i hit one in my life so it's real easy to remember the one i hit my junior year of high school okay last one this is the fun one it's what's something that nobody what's something nobody knows about michael young let me give you some examples so you'll know where you're going jack Lyder can't stand peanut butter so that's just that's weird here's one that i always find funny jd has been on here a couple of times jd has airplane underwear Two pairs. He wears one on the plane ride wherever he goes, and he wears one pair on the plane ride home. That was, he said it. So, I mean, I said it. He said that's airplane underwear. It's It's on on the the record. record. Uh, See why? He likes, uh, he's really into the uh, true crime documentaries. He's really into that. What is something nobody knows about Michael Young?
0: Well, shit. I can't say that I don't like clowns. That became a a thing. Oh, wow. That's a thing. That's a (laughs) a thing. I guess I will say on this one, like where it originated. Um, So it's actually, it's a super real thing. I, I and I'm not afraid of them. There's a big difference between not standing something and being afraid of them. I am not afraid of them, Um but it is real. Like I, I I freaking hate them. So when <laughs> I was a kid in my, in my grandfather's house, it was, I got pictures in my phone. That maybe I can show you guys at one point. He actually it was my, my, my uncle's house. Sorry, I'll make this really quick. He had pictures of clowns all over the house, right? So I got a picture of this thing right here, this thing right here. I got family photos. I got all kinds of crap in my house. It's clowns everywhere. I remember walking every freaking time, every holiday, every birthday, everything, every first communion, baptism, all this stuff. And I'm looking around, I'm like, what the hell? Kind of prison of terror, my internet. It was, and they were like all kinds of clowns. It was ones, you know, that you can see like squirting a flower and the water, ha, ha the paint face, all the stupid, and then some really creepy looking ones too, so that's kind of where it originated, um, and it really, really kind of came full force when I went to the circus like in high school, and I hadn't really thought about it much um, at that point, and then sure enough, I, I had this, I'm having a good time, and then all of a sudden, it, the clowns came out, and I'm like, these different things, dude, if I ever like, get squared up by one of these things, it is on. I don't trust them. I I I, I uh, yeah, I think they're evil, dude. And um, the guy who like plays them, I don't just consider him to have like that's not your normal gig. I think you're doing stuff on the side. I think you're robbing cars. I think you're, <laughs> you're, you're selling masks. I think you're doing all kinds of weird stuff on the side to cover up for your clown gig. Yeah,
2: there's do- there's documentation. I mean, the most infamous clown of all time is John Wayne Gacy. I mean, he. Oh.
1: You might be onto something, Mike. I tell you what, you you might be right.
2: <laughs> I am. I read it
0: when I read it just to kind of try and power through the fear. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't help. Made it worse. The whole thing.
1: <laughs> uh, you got anything else for Mike?
2: No. Just uh, thank you for doing this, and um, ho- hopefully, hopefully, TCU and USC take care of business and both advance. I'd like to.
1: I'm not going to sit between the two of you. Y'all going to be swinging oh, at each no, other we, there. On
2: that. You know, we, you know, Michigan is is Derek Holland and. Yep. Georgia is, is the guy for the morning news. So, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, there could be some, yeah. It's there could well be some here.
1: That'd be fun. Yeah. Mike, we, man, we can't thank you enough for coming on, man. And we really appreciate you d- taking the time.
0: You got it, guys. Happy to help. Happy holidays. See you guys. All, All right. right Michael. That's Thanks.
1: Michael Young, uh, uh, Hall of Famer for the Texas Rangers. Also special assistant to the general manager. Thanks, Mike. You
0: got it, guys. Take it easy. All
1: right. All right. Take care. Big thanks to Michael for jumping in there with us. Uh, that was great to get him to get. Yeah, there.
2: I just noticed his head right there, right
1: in the front. <laughs> That's right. Hey, listen. So he was
2: here in studio.
1: There you go. There you All are. Right. <laughs> it's time to go down in the bus leagues. Not a ton going on, but we need yeah. to, we need to always touch on it, no matter what. Uh, the show last week we had Brock on. Yeah. Um, what a great kid.
2: Yeah, and um, you know he's working out, and he's he's sounds like he's his program. He's he's on it, but. I wrote about this before Thanksgiving about the, uh, you know, it was year year one of of Porter and Kumar Rocker and um, really, as we talked about, just unbelievable that the Rangers were able to get these two guys.
1: Yeah. Oh, sure. I mean,
2: it's it, it was a divine intervention, really, and and um, so the you know, but the, the Rangers got them. Obviously, different pitchers. One guy's a man, one guy's a teenager, and uh, so they they took different developmental paths you know rocker wanted to pitch and they built him up made sure he checked all the the health marks and, right uh, checked all the boxes on that and and then he did pitch and he pitched pretty <clears throat> pretty well overall you know he, he had a couple uh hiccups there but uh he did well in the fall league and i think kind of facing gives,
1: better pitching or uh, hitting that he's ever faced
2: sure sure but i, I think <clears throat> it, i think it you know kind of told him a lot of what he needs to work on and, and what he right. needs to do to get ready for the season so i think it's a good uh jumping off point for him because he, you know, in theory is gonna move fast. You right. Know? And and then Brock did not did not pitch. You know, they didn't even let him let him throw a live batting practice, which I thought was interesting. You know, they don't want to they didn't want him to, I guess, rev up his engine, you yeah. know, too much. And, you know, they 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 were very cautious. He'd had the long layoff between the draft and uh the end of his high school season. And then, you know, you have a couple more weeks until you sign. So there's really no need to rush him to get to get him to hickory, you know, to, right. to, to pitch four innings. Um, so they just took their time with him. And then I think he, you know, as he said, it was beneficial. He feels like he has an idea of what professional baseball is like and what, you know, the work that is involved in it behind the scenes that, that nobody sees. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him next, next spring. <clears throat> I don't, I don't know that he would necessarily go to an affiliate right away. He might you know, do the the little complex
1: league for a couple. of Well, starts. you know, and he he might not <coughs> even do that. It might just, extended spring.
2: Might, yeah, extended spring a deal like they did with uh, Sajc two years ago, and and our buddies uh, Ian Muller and and Cam Colley this year, where they just held him back a little bit and then let him go and and get a feel. You know, the, the pitching's different these days. You know, it's once a week, so that's all right. You know, you can pitch out of the bullpen, piggyback system. So there are a lot of ways they can work it where he. Gets gets a taste, but doesn't feel like he has to go nine innings a game, you know, set, right. something like that, and really monitor what he does. So it'll be interesting to see. But uh, you're you're one, <laughs> whether it's two or three months, whatever constituted their first year uh, under contract. I think they weren't hurt, so that's good. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. And uh, so it, you got to protect. You that. could deem it a success, I guess, if you want to do it. But it was it was much better than it could be. Absolutely, yeah, and then uh, we got we got a picture of Evan, Evan Carter back there who uh, you boldly predicted is going to be the starting center fielder for the Rangers at some point next year. Uh, hey, what, 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 maybe? You but... know the Rangers,
1: Listen and, and, and look, it's me dreaming again. You know, I, I always come from this from the uh, the fantasy <laughs> side of it, right? I always have fun there. The Rangers haven't had since Elvis Andrews, They haven't had the twenty year old that's come up and and just taken over. Yes. Yeah. And and nothing against Leote. Leo, if, if, hopefully, Leote's playing so well that that doesn't have to happen. But, look, he's starting out at double-A. If he's killing double-A and does like he like he can, getting on base, he doesn't have to hit 330 homers. But what I'm saying, he's producing, doing it. He's good defensively. This is a kid that I'm hoping – I want to see that kid solidify and come up and they have to do the Elvis Sanders thing and go, you know what? he's ready to be here. Let's get him out here. We're winning now, and this guy can help. Yeah, That's what I'd love to see. If it doesn't happen, it's just my fantasy that doesn't come true, and then it's another year of development. So he's, right. he doesn't have to be on the 40-man right now. So, But, but this guy is – they always – you hear it from different guys that cover the minor leagues. You have to have an alpha male. You have to have that one alpha male, you know, like a Tatis or a – you know, like a Soto or whoever that comes up through a system that just – and this is the closest they have to the, to the alpha male right now. Right now. Okay. Maybe starting pitching. There's a couple of guys yeah. like Leiter and, and Rocker that could be, mm. even Porter, that could be the alpha male that we could see come up but none of them have done that yet. He is he's 19, uh, you know, about to be 20, and he's hitting at every level where he's the youngest guy in there. Yeah. This is our guy that maybe could be our alpha male that could he could be a Cody Bellinger before he played like he did the last couple of years and get up here and be a solid middle of the order bat yeah. that hits 25 30 home runs, hits close to 300, yeah. you know, an all-star. Yeah. Right, a homegrown all-star. Sure. Okay. All right. That's my. You know. Well, and no, he is
2: twenty. He turned twenty in August. Uh, he's getting married here this month. Uh, yeah. I think the seventeenth. Um, oh so well, he's too old now. Never mind. Congratulations <laughs> to him. But yeah, you know, um, that's that's one thing that you know he he understands the strike zone, and if you have an understanding of the strike zone, you're you're ahead of the game, and you know it, obviously it's going to be different f- f- for him. Uh, at he's, Whatever level he's at, yeah, know, he's about to. He only, play, it's about to get real. He only I mean, he only got a week of of double A past right. the playoffs, right? Um, you know, trip, he did okay, but triple A's a lot of breaking balls and breaking stuff. So maybe yeah. maybe he goes there and gets a little a little bit.
1: He, he's better likely text. starting at double A. I mean, I'm, I, yeah, there's uh, no reason to starting at triple A. Right. He's going to start exactly. at double A. Yeah. So you you folks here at the Metroplex, you've got to get out and watch him play. He is a yeah. he's a yeah. But that's what he needs. He needs to get to double A and just do what he's kept doing. And it's going to be exciting to watch him play there. All right,
2: all right. I'm yeah. off
1: my soapbox on him, but he's my number one prospect. Sure, uh, that's, I'm sorry. Uh, nothing against Lighter, who I think is going to easily could be a front end rotation guy. I think Rocker could be that. Uh. I think Porter could be that. White might be the best pitcher in the organization right yeah. now. I mean, they, they've yeah. got some guys there, but this guy right here is doing it on the field. And of course, you know, I'm really high on uh, Zavala too. But he's fine. yeah, he's hurt. So. He's a little banged up,
2: but. So, you know, again, good good stuff is happening in the farm system, and uh, you know, a lot of currency. You, exactly, you, you, it may it may not look the same after this uh, this next week.
1: <laughs> I, it may not. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're gonna. I think the most is there anybody you think the most likely to get traded because he just doesn't really have a position.
2: Well, yeah, a lot of people have said Fosu, but I, that's I th- who I thought. I think I think that Foscu can
1: headline move a, him around. Yeah, you can, you he can, can play first base. Anybody can play first base, right? I but mean, he's yeah. a good enough fielder at second base that you could move him to first base. Sure, I mean and he, you could know, you a, he could be he could be a good defender. At you
2: could try base. him in the outfield. Sure. you know you can uh, DH him. I mean, if there there are people in the organization who are extremely high on on his bat and do not want to see him traded, so okay, uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. But you know, you, you hear the talk about uh, one Dur- of the two shortstops, Josh came... Smith, yeah. who, who could get traded. Um, that's entirely possible, but there there is. There is, a, I don't know, I don't know if you want to say surplus. You could sur- go deep. I don't in- know if you want to say surplus, but there, there's, there are enough, enough trades that can be made where the Rangers' depth wouldn't be hurt. No. So.
1: It, it goes deep. There, there are organizations that could dig deep into the Rangers' organization and pick up some nice players Yeah, that we're not even talking about. Sure, it sure. Because they're, they're there. Huge list, yeah. I, I tell you what, I, I saw, I'm not going to say where I saw it, but somebody was who saw, went to fall instructs and looked at stuff, the name that's coming out of fall instructs that really kind of he, he didn't have a great season was cam Colley, and yeah. all of a sudden he's doing pretty well again and we liked we had him on here yeah. and i read something about that the other day and i'm like good for cam i like cam he was a really mm-hmm. good kid came on to talk to us so it's you know look your first swim into the pro baseball it's a big it's a big you're facing yeah. stuff you've never faced before right
2: right and you're doing and you're doing things you never done before you're that's, you're playing a lot more bus than, bus trips and yeah, and uh, you know, living in a new part of the country and, and yep. trying to you know, there's just a lot. Absolutely, and, and so you know that's why every player comes at their own because it's not just the, the the baseball they're having to develop and become accustomed to. It's life, right? And it and it's and it's uh, yeah, it's not easy.
1: No, but, anything else for we? No, no. Shutter down. I mean, it's not going to be a big bus leagues this week. I mean, there's no ball being played right now. <laughs> There might be a big bus leagues next week if we start yeah, talking yeah, about somebody no, gets yeah. moved. Hey, listen, we we talked about this. We want to let y'all know we may not be able to do a show next week.
2: I would bet against it yeah.
1: because you're going to be at the winter meetings till Thursday, and then what do you got going after and then I'm, that?
2: And then I'm 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 flying to New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony because it looks like uh, it looks like Max Duggan from TCU is going to be a finalist. Uh, he just won the Unitas Award, so it's. Uh,
1: and that's great. It's for kind Max. of fun. Yeah, yeah it's great it's for this. It's kind of fun, Look, you know. Roxo is... me, Media that that does this, guys. They're in a, they're, they're affiliated with TCU, and uh, you know I'm a horn fan, and we have our fun with that. Yeah. But these guys have been great. It's so excited for TCU get making it to the Big Twelve Championship. Looks like they're going to be in the College Football Playoffs. Hopefully, yeah. And, and that's fantastic. All these yeah. guys here have been great to me. I love it. They give me crap, but that's okay. Yeah, I love no, it's, it. It's uh,
2: it's uh, you know, frogs. Frogs Day, frog. if you're a TCU fan, subscribe Absolutely. to it too. It's a yeah. dollar for your first month and then nine ninety nine thereafter. But um. We, we every we, sport covers every yeah, sport. Yeah, uh, we,
1: uh, the voice of the TCU horn Frogs. Estridge Brian is, Estridge is, is, is here.
2: Presence and uh, I do some writing for him, and really, it's just—I uh, mean, it's it's the preeminent outlet covering TCU, and and. Uh, yeah, you know, if, and we're
1: we're in the off season too. We got a lot coming out. You're still yeah. going to be riding. Oh yeah. So if we don't get an episode here, it's because he, he's got to pay bills, and so he, <laughs> he's he's riding for them too. And that's a big deal to go to the Heisman. Sure, it,
2: you know, you can't get into the ceremony, as it turns out, the media can't. But um, still, to follow him around and kind of chronicle it, and would he, He's got a chance to have TCU's highest finish since uh, shoot since Davy O'Brien won the thing. I think Jim Swink finished second and what are he like 55 or 56 Thompson not... he was he wasn't uh he wasn't the runner-up he was like fourth i think did he go to new york yeah he went to new york okay oh okay. yeah that's another tcu story that i'm sure a lot of fans know about we'll we'll touch on that another time
1: <laughs> on the tcu <laughs>
2: yeah
1: <laughs> all right guys listen don't forget subscribe down there below rangers today 5.99 a month 60 dollars for a year
2: 35 for six months 35 it's a popular one
1: absolutely Big thanks to Michael Young for joining us today. That was great of him to stop down. Guys, if we don't see you next week, it'll be the week after that. Until then, we will see you at the yard. Roxo
2: Media House.